Hello and welcome to Dealer's Choice. Uh, if you've been paying attention, then today is uh, time for a guest episode. But before we get into that, I just want to uh, go ahead and say that uh, we originally caught, recorded this with the same guest and the same movie way back in March. It was meant to have come out well before now, but uh, it is the first podcast. I, I, I'll admit it, I lost it. I don't know where it went. <laughs> it, it is the long lost uh, podcast, but we, we love the movie and the guest so much. We thought we'd uh, re-record and try and capture that magic again. So uh, we'll keep calm and carry on and uh, hopefully it's... I, I'm going to remember the original being like perfect and this one's always going to be like the half-brother that's kind of shit. <laughs> we'll see how we go. Maybe one day I'll find it. Who knows? But uh, as always, I'm joined by Alex and Zach. Hello, hello boys. Hey. Hello, hello. How are we? Welcome to <laughs> National Tiles. <laughs> that wasn't my Frank. No. Uh, Interesting. And uh, the guest joining us this week is the wonderful Angus. Hello, how are you, buddy? Hello, I'm good, thank you. Yeah. How are you? I apologize for <laughs> hey, losing guys. your episode. <laughs> it's okay. Thanks for having me again. <laughs> I'll be honest, of all the movies that we could have rewatched, I'm really happy this is the movie we were watching. Oh, yeah. Can we imagine if we rewatched Suspiria? Oh, my God. <laughs> I was just thinking, if we'd, well, you've now dated, you've now put this in a very. Because <laughs> I don't think this is going to come out after Suspiria. Well, you know. No, it'll come out before Suspiria. Yeah, so okay, this is well, interesting. Uh... There you go. Bit of a tr- I-, I was thinking if we rewatched that Christmas movie we watched, <laughs> the romance oh, one. <laughs> that was bad. <laughs> I still have nightmares. No, I can't wait so. to get we don't Danny back that, next Zach. Christmas. Thanks for coming back. Thanks for coming back, us, and watching this That's again okay. with us. But uh, we, we haven't really said what movie we watched, but I'll, I'll hand over to Angus for that. Like, Angus, what movie did you make us watch this week? Ah, so the movie that we uh, <laughs> rewatched <laughs> uh, was John Carpenter's The Thing from uh, good old 1982. Nice, nice. Good time for movies. Mm. It was excellent, yeah. Just So thanks again, uh, uh, Alex Nosh. Angus, thanks for coming back. Are you okay over there? Uh, yeah, what's going Zach's on? Having a hard time this in that is a struggle town. Sorry, do still we need name tags or something so Zach knows who we are? Uh, I did the introductions. I thought that was enough. Apparently not. Uh, <laughs> so I'm just trying to think who's the thing in this room. <laughs> yeah. So I know we're all pretty familiar with it, but who would like to do the summary of the movie? What happens in this movie? Yeah. Okay. Um, a shifty dog. Yeah, I'll do it. All right. So. <laughs> No, go, Alex. Go, Alex. <laughs> a shifty dog uh, sort of infiltrates a... Shifty dog. It's a shifty dog. It is a shifty dog. It has those eyes, you know. You uh, just can't trust them. A shifty-ass dog jumps up and licks them straight in the face. You know, some complete stranger. Anyway, shifty dog infiltrates uh, ice station and... Uh... God, as always, <laughs> you do such a bad job. <laughs> what, and hilarity so, ensues. <laughs> what is this, a comedy? Uh, on, shifty on dog American- infiltrates ice station... The Matthew what Riley book. What, what are you doing? He's really driving over the shifty doing? dog. You're just trying to like, for some reason, you're cutting words out of your sentence, but I don't understand. You're not like on a limit. <laughs> 140 characters or less. <laughs> that's right. yeah, that's, this is your t- You know what? I think we're da- shifty, shifty, shifty dog, dog infiltrates ice station. So that's it. Yeah. American uh, yeah. Kurt station. Russell's there. That's all you need to know. So an alien creature infiltrates. Shifty dog. Shifty Arctic dog. Arctic station. Shifty dog. There are only about, how many? There's like 12 dudes? No. Less than that. This it's a fully stocked that. ice station. Yeah. yeah. Plus a shifty dog. Uh, and they have to work <laughs> to out if that. their co-workers are infected or not. And that's the movie. That's the premise for the movie. Mm. Um, I, I reckon we do recommendations before because there's just so much to talk about. And I don't want to have to I mean, yeah, that. I'll just say like we've already recorded this and yet we still like want to <laughs> so talk much. about this movie. It's a fun movie to talk about. Mm. So rolling into what Zach said, I 100% recommend this yeah. movie. I think this is a classic. It's very, very fun to watch. Definitely. Yeah. It's good. I, I can actually mark my life in two phases. The All right, phase here we where... go. No, I know what these are. <laughs> it's it's thing and predator. No, 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 no. <laughs> there was a time when I really didn't like this film, oh. which I didn't mention in the last podcast. I thought I'd mention it now. Trying to hide. Yeah, was, that a, right. uh, was that a dark time in your life? <laughs> it was a very dark time in my life <laughs> when I didn't like. Okay, I, there was a long stretch there where I didn't like ambiguous endings. I just thought they were incredibly mm. lazy oh, writing. You did talk about this, I and this. Uh, I was just like, man, now nah, like. But there's a way you can do that, of course. Yeah. And this is this is one of those things. So I'm now in the phase of life where I do like the thing. So yes, I would recommend it. <laughs> no, I, I can see that too because I'm I'm with you. There are ambiguous endings that I think it's massive cop outs and it's people pretending to be artistic but this is genuinely like it's so in theme with the movie to have yes, an ambiguous right. ending 
um, that it's completely fine and it's actually very acceptable and very fun because it, it makes you go, oh, what's happening at the end? Yeah. It's um, really good. Angus, obviously you'd recommend it because you showed oh, it. So oh, I'm going to ask you a different question. <laughs> no, no, Angus hates this movie. <laughs> That's why he I just wanted to put you through hell with this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you a different question. Twice. Why did you want to bring it on to this podcast? Why is this the movie you picked? Uh, this is the movie I picked because I feel like I have a, uh, a sort of big connection with this film. It was like one of the ones... Uh, and I don't know if this is a, a very unfortunate circumstance, but you know, probably when I was about five or six, my dad sat me down and went, "Right, son, we're gonna we're gonna be watching all these great films." And the thing was always uh, one that sort of stuck with me, and you know, one that I sort of cherish from <laughs> my childhood. The man, you've turned into <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> paranoid. Whether that's a good thing or not, I'll, I'll let you. I've decide. always wondered why I've gone to Gus's house and all his family have those flamethrowers. And, I and, and now I get it. You have to give blood before you yeah. enter, and they test. <laughs> And that They're dog. Have you put, have you prepared your blood sample at the door? We need to uh, we need to put some hot wire into this. Did that come from the specific thumb place that I want you to cut into? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we've all our recommendations. We all we all think you should watch this yeah, movie, especially if you like yeah. horror. We're only six minutes in, but I think we're going to get straight down to spoilers because yeah. it's hard with this movie. So do, if you haven't, do we want to go beat by beat? Do we want to go like through the movie? Up to you, man. Well, well, it's, it's up, up to him, Angus. It's up to no. Angus. I'm, I'm happy with you whatever you guys want to do. You guys go for oh, it. Let's go beat by beat right. through the movie. Let's, let's focus heavily on Shifty Dog. Shifty Dog, <laughs> Shifty Dog is fantastic. So I only watched this movie a couple of years ago because Gus loves it so much. And he said, you should watch this movie. Uh, we were living together Cute. at the time. I think I watched it by myself and then we watched it together. Mm, mm. But I, I remember the first time I watched it. So the very first shot you get is a helicopter over the Arctic, like tundra. And there's a dog and the dog's running. And then the first thing that happens is the helicopter... Uh, someone in the helicopter starts shooting at the dog. And I love that so much because for me, it was like instantly I was like, why are they shooting the dog? And it's such a fantastic hook because I was instantly just like, what the fuck is wrong with that dog? Or what's wrong with these people that they have to shoot the dog? Mm. It's great. I think it's fantastic because no talk, no like little article that says, oh, Arctic base goes silent. Nothing like that. It's just Mm. instantly as an audience member, you're like, what's happening? I want mm. to know what's happening. You're like, whoa, that dog yeah. seems super shifty. Yeah, and I, and I don't know if that's like Morgan, a, like you're a, not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's like a carpenter thing, but it's like, yeah, it, I think it's, he's it's really, it's really powerful that. enough that when you get introduced to this film that there's no, uh, yeah, like, you know, there's no lead up. There's no like scrolling text, you mm. know, Star Wars, you know, opening, uh, you know, sort of title that tells you what's <laughs> going on. It's just like, okay, like this, you know, you get this spaceship crashing in, there's this helicopter opening up and you're sort of, you know, led to, you know, what what the hell is going on. Mm. Do you reckon the movie would be better if, so the opening is there's like a shot from space and you see like a spaceship crashing or whatever. Do you reckon the movie would be better? Like you don't need that there, right? It's interesting. Yeah, because the studio put that Mm. in at the time because they didn't think people would understand it's an alien. I don't know that it ruins the movie in any way. I think it's fine for the people who mm. don't want to spend the time. You, you think it does? I I much prefer to without yeah, without. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, I prefer without. It's it's fifty mm. fifty. I mean, mm. like it it adds to it. It doesn't really add to it. Mm. It it mm. like I think it's more just for people that obviously don't connect with the film or might need a little bit more leading into it. Would probably go okay. Yeah, it's a spaceship. It's a, it's an alien. This is yeah. what we're gonna get. Yeah. You know, but you do see to. the spaceship later. Yeah. yeah, in the film, and that's why that point sort of null th- for you know the you know the people that know what going on or you know like the more ambiguous uh, Mm. sort of approach Mm. that's fair Mm. um i was gonna say just like especially with this starting dog but like there was something like i noticed this time i don't know if we talked about it last time but i was just thinking like the camera in this movie does so much work to give you information like a lot of the framing like even that starting scene with the dog it makes you either think that the dog's suspicious or these people are crazy and then you go why are they crazy and why are they shooting at the dog Mm. and it's all it's all from the camera and there's a lot a lot of scenes where there's just like silence and it frames like an empty hallway and then it will cut to a specific person or a shadow on the wall. And like, it's not hard as an audience member then to follow who's supposed to be suspicious and, and get tense because yeah, the camera is trying to teach you these people are suspicious or this looks like something that you should have doubts about it's really good of course yeah like the, the one of the great things that it does is there'll be a scene and you know you get your traditional i guess camera angles or, or shots in and then there'll be these like almost like micro shots of like half a second oh, yeah. to a second where it'll quickly flash to someone's expression mm. or hand movement mm. uh like with the scene a bit later on um when he's got the the scalpel blade down yeah. by his yes. side and it cuts to it every so often and he like it's moving it very you. slightly mm. to show that he's progressing with how he's reacting to this situation situation Mm. and just those little tiny shots i think really add to each 
scene individually and sort of build, you know, more on that. And as you said, the camera's doing a lot of the work with sort of showing everyone's, you know, sort of reactions to, you know, what's happening. Yeah, it's mm. really good. But back to the dog, just for a moment. <laughs> no, no, he really yeah. loves his dog. No, only because I think, yeah. I think it's such a clever entry point into the film. People love dogs. Now, I'm not a dog person. I'm a cat person way back. Sorry, guys. We've established um, this. We, we talked ha- about this last time, yeah. Yeah, okay. That's well, fair, that's I'm, fair, I'm glad fair. we're recreating it here <laughs> for the listeners. Uh, <laughs> but people love their dogs, right? And even characters in this film love their dogs. And so because we love them, we don't want it to be this sort of sinister, evil thing. But the dog acting in this, it needs a massive That's shout something out. something you talked about, yeah. <laughs> massive a... shout out. This dog, it's impeccable. Yeah, you were saying it does such a really good job of making you believe it's not a dog. That's right. Because it just doesn't act right. That's it doesn't right. act like the other dogs. And yet, It's so As you say, people love dogs, so I think a lot of people are instantly like, this dog's a bit weird. Mm. Yeah, it's good. It's mm. good. Or, like, <sighs> I trust dogs, so it's really off-putting for me mm. to have this dog act in this way. So yeah. it's sort of like, I don't yeah. know, you bring a bit of yourself, I imagine, too. Mm. It wouldn't have the same impact if it was a cat. Uh, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Helicopter chasing a cat throughout the tundra trying yeah, to shoot it. No. I I'd, I'd love the scene where a lion's running through the Arctic tundra. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, that was the intended uh, was scene, the but they had to cut it because of budget, obviously. Yeah, because they couldn't build the lion prop around the dog. <laughs> <laughs> Disappointing, uh, really. Uh, but yeah, it's got a strong opening. Um, it's one then, thing I want to touch on from the opening is, it's, this is kind of like where it's a bit of ridiculous, is the grenade. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the guy, so they, they land the helicopter, they're trying to the shoot Dutch the dog. The throws it backwards. It's, they're Norwegian, Zach. I don't want to have to keep telling you this. <laughs> I, I, I always forget. I always forget. It, is, it is funny, like, you bring it up because it is kind of funny. Like, you see him slip it out and he, like, he <gasps> looks at his hand and goes, oh, and then tries to dig through. It's, it it's it almost slapstick in its execution. Mm-hmm. Like, But I think, and you don't sort of realise this until, like, a bit further in the film, but I think when you sort of piece it together, the fact that they're... Uh, what they've been through, mm, like, you know, yeah. coming from the station and the things that have happened there, the fact that they're probably sleep deprived and it's also, it it's the snow, yeah. like, you know, like they've got gloves on, yeah. they're probably iced over, but at the same time, it just looks so funny. It's, it's ridiculous. Like slapstick almost. And then like, he like drops it in the snow and then he's looking for it. It's like, run away, man. <laughs> well, the run. other guy's got the right idea. Yeah. He, he bails. He's like, oh, fuck <laughs> this. I'm gone. <laughs> you're a dummy. It's like charming at the time. And then when you think about it later, you're like, oh, that just, that just makes sense. Yeah. There's a, there's a ton of this movie that just like adds credibility to it. It's really, mm. really solid. Um, so we've done Suspicious Dog. Does anyone else have more to say <laughs> about all, Suspicious all Dog? All I'm saying is that just that one scene mm. where the dog goes into the pen with the other dogs oh, and I'm... just how the dog sits oh, yeah. down and just stares blankly at this empty wall. Doesn't interact like, with the other dogs. Doesn't interact oh, with the other takes dog. Takes one step at a time, stops, mm-hmm. another step. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just very sinister, very, oh. Yeah. Very mm-hmm. good. Yeah, you no, you look right. at it and go, that's one shady dog. <laughs> One um, shifty dog, Morgan. Shifty, shifty dog. not shady. It's important we make the distinction here. Uh, so there's also like I think I think I'm going to say it's my favorite line of the movie. You get introduced to Kurt Russell as the pilot character, but his introduction scene is he's playing chess on a chess computer, and he doesn't move, and then the ch- the chess computer beats him and gets checkmate. So he pours alcohol into the computer and he just goes, "You cheating bitch!" <laughs> and I love it so much because it instantly just like you think like it's like ah oh, he he's a smart guy he plays chess, but he doesn't like to lose. And he likes to think outside the box. And he tells you everything you need to know exactly. about that character. Yeah. Great little yeah. character establishing scene. Fantastic. And it sets up that all the computers in this movie are super smart. Oh, it's, oh <laughs> we've, we've got to talk about the computers in a bit. But yeah, yeah. Oh, are we shit, touching man. on that now? No, no. Talk about it when mm-hmm. it comes up. Yeah. Um, where, where? So, so we've well, got the scene now where yep. dogs get attacked. Yes, that's mm-hmm. right. That's where we're up to. That's that's really because that's like five minutes in. Pacing is already like pretty good. Or maybe it's ten minutes in. So you still it's have a, a little bit. No, there's a lot of like um sort of suspense building. Mm. Uh, you see the dog obviously mingling um in the rec room with all the people when it they touches have to get people. The dead Norwegians on the table and stuff. Yeah, that's right. So they've done the examining. Um, uh, at this point, they shot one of the Norwegians. Yeah, because yeah, the thing. head. It yeah, then. I know. Because yeah. exactly, like... yeah. he shot that dude in the leg. Because the Norwegians were invad- invading. Yeah, <laughs> they were declaring <laughs> war against America. <laughs> Naturally. Uh, <laughs> Oh, America. Wait, so, and before they put the dog in the pen, they go to the other station. No, they do it after, don't they? After. Because mm. the, the shit goes down with the dog and they're like, what the they hell's no, going on? They have no on? suspicion of this dog. Oh. I mean, which is strange because you, you feel like, why would they come and start shooting this dog? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, everything with the dog so happens. So I guess the main the main big thing would be, obviously, the, the dog goes into the pen with the other ones and then lights go out and then it begins mm. its transformation. Then you get your first image of the monster. 
like that's that's like something that I think everyone talks about is just like the design for all the monsters in this is fantastic mm. and, and like the practical effects practical oh my effects. god yes huge on that I was just it's something weird about it because you I, I can tell that they're puppets but they're still so interesting to watch and they're still scary and they're still really really fun to watch them do the, their transformations and, mm. and just so, really so grotesque excellent. like even you know 40 yeah. years on you still look and you're like that is disgusting yeah, yeah. Like, like a point you made you're like look at that jam yeah. like that just oozing <laughs> oozing red jam that's like you know blistering and popping and just like just running everywhere yeah, they do the autopsy like, oh. on the thing they bring back from the Norwegian base and they're <laughs> They just like cut it open. There's just like, there's like, uh, or there's organs they've got, and they've just smeared jelly on them, <laughs> and it just looks so gross and smushy. Well, I think it's that sort of mucus yeah. that lends yeah. the yeah that makes the puppet like so it makes real all like the blood yeah. so. Oh, because it, w- it wouldn't have the same snotty. effect if it wasn't so slimy and yeah. shiny, yeah. and yeah, it, would, it, it wouldn't it wouldn't yeah, have the same effect. It's brilliant. But I know I know you love the bit where he's uh, obviously doing the autopsy, bring it out, and Blair's sitting there going, oh, <laughs> that <laughs> is <laughs> that is like the Ooh. best. Wolf, uh, <laughs> What did I say? Discount Wilford Brimley ever. <laughs> so yes. that, was a, that was an amazing moment. To our knowledge, so actually, I, actually was. Uh, yeah. So like, couple, I haven't seen this for eight, uh, a couple of months, and I, I, I probably knew that it was Wilford Brimley at some stage, but I forgot. And I was looking at him, and goes, "Oh, he looks like Wilford Brimley," but because he doesn't have his mustache, I assumed that it wasn't. Mm. <laughs> but it is Wilford Brimley. <laughs> And he um, just makes some of the best noises oh, in this course, movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the other thing I was going to bring up, uh, just going back to sort of the design, particularly with the thing, um, I know that in a documentary, uh, they sort of stated that when the, um, I guess, the set designers or, uh, you know, alien designers, whatever you want to call them, uh, they were looking at a lot of inspiration. I know from like the Vietnam War, in particular, mm, because yeah. they look at um, a lot of the victims or, you know, sort of dead bodies from napalm strikes. And Agent Orange and shit. Yeah, yeah. all that, Agent Orange, all that sort of stuff. And how all these, and it sounds gross mm. and it, it, it quite is, but how all these bodies sort of fuse together under extreme heat and just form these really grotesque scenes. So that's how they sort of came up with the ideas of all these uh, you know, the thing sort of transforming and having two body parts stuck together and just really grotesque imagery. Mm. Um, and they sort of drew in from inspiration from that. So that's why it looks so disgusting is that, yeah, it, yeah. it comes from that, which is, yeah, quite yeah. interesting. It's, it's fucking great. What, it's interesting what people can take from real life and change into something that, like that seems so alien, but clearly it was based on something that... But yeah, it's it, based it on happened. something that actually happened. Yeah. And, so... You know, like our our minds obviously don't connect with that, but yeah, yeah, at the time it would have been massive. And I think at the time in the eighties, they were probably just dealing with because something I learned recently about the Vietnam War is for a lot of it, America was really kind of behind it. They weren't aware of how badly the war was going because the government did a large job about covering it up. So obviously, for decades afterwards, they were trying to deal with the idea that they sent so many people over to die, and it was a war that was not like glorious, and they did a lot of terrible things. So. This is just one of those things that comes out of that, like damage to the culture or whatever it is. Mm. Mm. But back to the thing. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Sus dog. Anyway. <laughs> um, so we also have a scene where the dog goes into a room with someone. You see the shadow of the someone on the wall. So you're supposed to suspect. You're supposed to think that someone in the base has be- been turned before you even know what is the thing is. You're supposed mm. to suspect that something's happened. Mm. Um, yeah, that seems like very like that's like the first indication that you're like, oh, something's. Well, you already don't trust the dog. So yeah. The, yeah. Before it tr- mm. obviously does the transformation, and then you see it go into the room. Uh, you see the head turn, and it's meant to be obviously very ambiguous, and it looks like a, like it could be a couple of the characters from mm. you know uh, that's in the film, but really it ended up just being I think an extra or a cameraman yeah, you on, on you know on set that you know John Carpenter said, hey you know, can you come in and do this, like, you know, quick shadow to, scene because, you it's... know, we want it to be ambiguous and we don't want the audience to say, oh, that's, you know, that's definitely Norris or that was definitely, um, uh, who was the other guy that, uh, that could have been? Oh, uh, Paulson? <laughs> Rawls was the chef. Rawls, we did have, yeah. we did have, Knowles was yeah, the chef, it, sorry. Yeah. We did have the name for that other dude, but, we just kept Palmer, losing it. That's it. Palmer, Palmer, that's yeah, it. You got it. For someone who's watched the film like a <laughs> yeah, hundred times, I, I always <laughs> uh, tend to forget names. <laughs> uh, that's an interesting thing too, because like there's something I, I note every time is that I think costume in this movie is absolutely fantastic because every single one of them has a different outfit and almost a different color palette. So even if you don't know their names, I think that you can pretty easily recognize them just because they have different sort of like, um, maybe as part from uh, Windows and Palmer, they all kind of look different. 
they've all got their own different style and they all act differently. So they do a very good job of making you real, like making you recognize different people. And obviously you, you gravitate to McCready because he's your main character. And there's a couple others that have like bigger roles, but I just love every time I watch this movie is just seeing them all in their different outfits and just like you, you didn't have to put that much effort into all of them, but he clearly did. And it actually adds so much to the movie that each of them are distinct, mm. I think. Like yeah. They have their own identity. So, yeah. You know, you, yeah. You, as you said, so you when they go, history. you actually recognize oh, that person's actually gone. And that's someone that... Or something's amiss with that person. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So the Norwegian base as well. There's some facts about the Norwegian base you've got, Gus, about like how that base is structured and how... Because obviously this movie came out before internet was a huge thing and people could mm. easily talk to each other. Yeah. And this was a cult classic movie that people loved to discuss in like movie circles and stuff so you were telling me that like for years fans were recreating the norwegian base yeah well when, when they go there in that scene you only get sort of a, a short clip you know you might you you walk down a hallway it's mm. obviously a blown out wall there's a an axe in a doorway you see a couple of people one's had his throat slit um i think there's another you see one guy's another, cut his wrists open yeah mm. cut his wrists open um and then you go down into the basement and you see this uh big ice bath looking thing and, oh, and, and obviously like you, so much. the way that it's shot you, you unmistakably you know that's where the things come yeah. from like it's, yeah. it's been you know recovered from the ice it's and also this huge is where it's i love from. that thing because it's like it's like not maybe not twice the size of a human being but it's massive like the actual the actual coffin thing itself is a huge huge set piece and i love it because it looks just so distinct mm. and alien it's so it's great. really really interesting because obviously that's like a short very short section of the film um and they Obviously made the the sequel that came out in 20, 2011, 2011, I believe I it was. Yeah. 2011. So, uh, and in making that film, so as you were saying before, like, you know, before the internet and all that, the, the best thing, or well, one of the best things about that film is that the way that they recreated that base to make it look like uh, the original that came in the 82 film is that they consulted a lot of people that had spent years on say Reddit or other forums sort of reconstructing that base from what they knew and all the mm. shots from the original film and they actually mapped out the entire base and how everything happened and all these little set pieces and little tiny, um, you know, details in the base. And they actually consulted the people that had reconstructed this over the internet to actually recreate it for the film. So it's, bloody it's really interesting because yeah. obviously, because it's a cult classic and there's a big following it's that they actually interact with that, mm. that group to actually recreate or, you know, make the next film, which I thought was yeah quite cool. It's a damn shame about the 2011 film. Cause it could have, I felt like everything I hear about it, I don't think I've seen it. I think I've seen like half of it. But I, I know that they made the practical because originally they were going to have practical puppets. Oh, it was it was all it was actually it was all, all it was all, all um, practical effects but when the, the film was finished. But yeah. the studio was like, we're not paying for it. It was too expensive, so they did CG instead, and a lot of people hated it because of the CG effects. And yes. if you look at it now, it looks <laughs> terrible. <laughs> it does. It looks yeah. incredibly terrible. Yeah. When we were talking about the sort of the the grotesqueness of it, the sort of mucus mm. and sort of glisten that you've got in the original thing, none of that in the CG. It's just incredibly flat. Dark, rubbery, rubbery. Yeah, yeah, just, just not, not yeah, disappointing. Not so yeah, and so it doesn't have the same impact because it doesn't have that same sort of tactile, you know, <laughs> reality sucks. to it. And it's just like, mm. What's and it's the, the shock value and just yeah, the grotesqueness of it that really draws you in, yeah. uh, particularly for this film. But mm. the fact that yeah, the sequel slash prequel was just you didn't have it there, and and they obviously just CG'd over the top of the practical effects mm. was just yeah. Yeah, it's ah, super disappointing because it really, sounds yeah. like there was a lot it of is. effort put into it and it just didn't pay off because you just didn't have the right studio backing or whatever. Mm. Um, it sucks, yeah, because mm. you could have had something that was decent and, well, maybe, I don't know, maybe it was still I would have thought the film would have been, uh, yeah, tons, yeah, tons, better tons with better the with yeah. the practical effects. It would have looked, yeah. So you think that's good. like, uh, to my mind, that's the one thing that people probably identify the most with this movie is the practical effects. Like, it's oh, great. Yeah. It's a fantastic movie. But if you if you probably like want to sell it to an audience, you can just say this this is one of the most memorable monsters in all of movie history, just because it is so weird and so greatly. Made. It certainly set a new standard for uh, mm. sort of that physical practical effects that you've got there. Mm. I, I can only imagine being in the cinema watching it when it came the out time. to you know to see the reaction of the audience. It got. 
I think if I remember correctly, we talked about this. It got a really bad rap. When it, it did. Came out. Oh, yeah. yeah, poorly received when it came <laughs> mm-hmm. out. And um, I think you might have brought up last times that uh, it, the films it competed with at the time. Oh yes, actually, that's, also, that's a good memory. Yeah, I no, I, I remember you talking about that. <laughs> about Roger Ebert as well. He, yeah, he, he didn't did like it at movie. all. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like, yeah, really, really big critic names. Yeah, like uh, really obviously shun the film and, mm. and, and you know i think they said it was like it was just gratuitous you know violence or just like nonsensical yeah. you know violence i guess it was just like and it just didn't you know make sense and it's them. just like it's just like interesting you think about you watch it now and you just go this is so well made yeah yeah and you've got so many movies that just people think are like they don't put the same amount of effort and detail and talent into and this movie is just like you can if you if you're a film student, I think you can take so much about this, how this movie gives you information and builds character and builds suspense, and you can apply it to your work. And there's so many movies from that era that are just you know trailer trash movies. Mm. Um, it's unfortunate so it got sort of lumped with yeah. them. As yeah. Well. yeah, so yeah. interesting. It's the so problem. I think sad. like yeah, you just it's hard to realize at the time about like legacy, like mm. a, the legacy a movie will have, and it's like kind of just gets lumped in, and then you like when you get further enough away from it, you realize this lasting legacy or impact it had on the industry as yeah. a whole and, and it like sets it apart. Yeah. And, and you know, because it is a cult classic now, mm. it's really unfortunate. Like at the time I know that, uh, yeah, John Carpenter was just like, he looks back at it and goes, this was shit. Like he I got treated like shit yeah. because after this film came out, I, it was like my love child mm. and I poured so much effort into it and, and people hated it. Yeah. And it, it just, like, they just hated it, it and yeah. he didn't get, he didn't get much money from it. I think it, it lost money. He, I think. And I think he's rightfully bitter about a lot of it. Cause yeah, he, yeah. he's just not earned it. Cause he's, such a well-loved filmmaker. Yeah, like people talk about people. like Carpenter with like such high regard, mm. but it's like but he, he never it. got to experience that like <laughs> when he was at the time when yeah. he needed it, you yeah. know, when he needed the money for those oh, things. Yeah, or, it sucks yeah. so much because like if you think anyone who deserves unappreciated to get paid, in his time, yeah, mm. and now he's probably just like this bitter old man. That, <laughs> I, th- know, I think he is, he might not and rightfully now, so. Yeah. It sucks. It really does. Um, just to sort of date this film a little bit, so not date it, but sort of sit. In people's minds, context, yeah. Context. yeah, context, yeah, context is the word I was looking for. Thank you very much, everyone. <laughs> uh, that was a team effort. I really liked it. That was good. Um, so, Alien came out three years before. Oh, Empire yeah. came out the year after. Empire Strikes Back came out the year Fuck. after. This is the same year as Blade Runner came oh out. God. So you know, it's this sort of. And Blade Runner didn't do very good. Blade either, Runner was a cult Blade Runner classic. Was hated, well. Yeah, um, and then. There was also, uh, we're talking about Roger Ebert there. He thought that this is just a pretty much a knockoff of Alien there, essentially, is what he well, thought. That's, um, that's fascinating to me. Yeah. That's really interesting because there's similar, like, themes and, and, and like, tension and stuff, but I, I just wouldn't rate them in the same category at all. Well, yeah, it's funny. I mean, at, like, at face value, you could probably say, yep, alien it's, it's, an, it's an alien horror film and that's it fair. picks off the, the you know, all-star cast at, you know, one at a time until there's only one left, you know, like, the, yeah. that sort of typical formula. But yeah. there's so much more to it yeah. than, than that. Absolutely. Which obviously Absolutely. hasn't taken away. Mm. And if you look at other depictions of alien at that year, it, it, sorry, Aliens in general. Mm. E.T. came out the same year as well. So you oh, look at yeah. E.T. Aliens was the big thing, eh? Good gosh. So, you know, E.T. Yeah. is this sort of lovable, you know... Oh, yeah, you talk... So, it's this sort of comparison. I so think you like, said you thought that there, it was getting so much flack because E.T. had made this, like, you know, lovable alien mm. in a lot of people's minds and you bring out this, like, horrific monster and people instantly were like, no, that's not... It scares them. Yeah, it's not. They don't yeah, want to think right. that people, the aliens out there, are harmful. They want to think they're friendly, like ET. ET phone home. They want um, to believe those guns are walkie-talkies. Yeah, you will have to be edited out later. That's <laughs> <laughs> fine. It's a deep cut. <laughs> that hurt. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, my childhood. <laughs> Alex, you and I had different childhoods. If you uh, were very much so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, no, so the one line that really sticks out from Ebert's uh, review, the thing is basically then just a geek show, a gross-out movie in which teenagers can dare one another to watch the screen. There's nothing wrong with that. I like being scared, and I was scared by many scenes in The Thing, but it seems clear that Carpenter made his choice early to concentrate on special effects and the technology and to allow the story and people to become secondary. Because That's this material so has been done before and better, especially in the original The Thing and in Alien, there's no need to see this version unless you're interested in what The Thing might look like. 
while starting from an anonymous greasy organs extruding giant crab legs <laughs> and transmuting itself into a dog. Amazingly, I'll bet that thousands, if not millions, of moviegoers are interested in seeing just that. <laughs> it's so funny because that almost sounds like he's thinking about something completely, like he's upset that the movie industry is moving in a different direction, so he's taking it out on the thing. It, it seems like, like he's funny. taking it out on the audience as well. He's I like, know. I bet millions of people yeah. want to watch this, so screw them. That's so... They're dumb. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> I, I always love the films that... Oh, I'm not going to say Roger Ebert got wrong, but the thing, the films that like struck struck a chord with uh, like the majority of people that Roger Ebert didn't like, I love that shit so much because he's generally held up as a quite excellent critic because he saw mm. through like a lot of a lot of the times when critics were like this movie's brilliant, he's like, well, no, it breaks down to this, and a lot of the times he would elevate certain movies up, mm. but it's always interesting to see. <laughs> Those weird disconnects. You, you can't get it right all the time. Yeah, you no, can't be no, constantly no on the pulse. No. <laughs> it's brilliant. Um, if we want to get back to the movie, we are up to the computer scene. Which, ah, we are too. Which oh, was yes. something I laughed my ass off at last time, I remember distinctly. And this time we all loved it. It's so brilliant. <laughs> it's the do best. Wanna, do you it's simply the best. Lay it out for us, Zachary. Yeah. So there is a scene where Dr. Blair is in his little science lab and he's got his supercomputer in front of him and he's putting data into the supercomputer. So he's identified that there's an alien species. He's got some DNA for it. And he's entered into his specific computer program, the DNA. And the computer simulates what that DNA would do in the world. So it goes, okay, if this this cell enters the dog, it would infect the entire dog in this many hours. And then it says something like, possibility that someone in the base is infected, 63%, which I laugh at so much. 75%. 75%. Please. And then <laughs> entire global population infected in 27,000 hours. And I piss myself laughing because the idea, the craziness that someone would build a computer program that in its coding has the phrase entire population infected in 27,000 hours came down. is amazing. They're scientists, <laughs> Zach, they need down. that computer. It's, it's so, no, I completely agree. It makes 100% of sense and it's brilliant. Now, what I find funny is when he came down to the base, like he's like, all right, I'm going to bring my supercomputer that can predict... <laughs> It, when an alien is going to come in and assimilate the entire human race, I, I'm, I'm really hoping that this is going to come in handy when I go down to this Antarctic. Base. Oh, it's amazing! It's so good, man. It's, and it, it's very clearly from a time when people didn't really care how computers worked, and it, it's pretty, it's pretty like condescending for us because like computers are so much part of our just lives, <laughs> mm. so we understand them a lot better. But it's so funny to me. Because like back then it would have been like oh yeah that's oh, a good way yeah, to show course, it yeah yeah oh it's great now, visual storytelling like it's so very amazing. much so, yeah. it's, but it's just, just that that 80s trope of just like yeah the the supercomputer that lets the audience know what's going on or mm-hmm. you know uh, like you know like Hal uh, from 2001 Space Mother, Odyssey alien. Mother yeah oh, Alien so it's just good. like oh uh, you know we're, we're just gonna tell you run down all these like massive amounts of Info and the computer is specifically set up to deal with that information. Yeah, it yeah, doesn't just go. I don't know what you're talking about. This is not <laughs> does uh, not compute. Yeah. This is not an accounting spreadsheet. What are you doing? <laughs> this is so awesome. It's so fantastic. Can like, you, you imagine, can you imagine if like like it's just he's just using an Excel spreadsheet and he's just doing <laughs> equations. He's like working on the, the sums for the, the equivalent of it today is if you go to see like some shitty action movie and you've got the hacker character and oh, all yeah. the hacker character does <laughs> is go to their phone and press an app and the app has like a big countdown and a number pad and they start typing on the number pad and they're like i'm in <laughs> that's what it is today <laughs> the you, modern equivalent yeah, and you yeah. just go that's so fucking stupid but great i wouldn't know i've never hacked um <laughs> i just need to bypass uh, the primary subroutine uh, and then through gosh, the back door i'm not gonna say it you set I'm it up in. for me but i'm not gonna say it <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah so that's that's maybe my favorite scene from the movie just because it's just so funny mm. And it makes it so much better for me, the whole movie. Um, because everything else is <laughs> just perfect. Scene. And that scene is like so great in the context of the time. Oh, well. yeah. Down, to the, so down to the typeface it's that's so on the computer screen. That's like, you know, that stereotypical and 90s, mo- uh, sorry, 80s that, monitor. That monotype, and yeah. some of it is underlined. <laughs> like 27,000 hours is underlined. Yeah, because it's important. Yeah, it's a big number. <laughs> or it's a small number. Know. I don't know. Three years. It's, yeah, so it's about good. three years. Yeah, It's so good. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, but then that's the trigger for Blair to go nuts. And then we get into like, yeah. Yeah, and then you've got like obviously the first assimilation with Bennings, uh, mm. and they obviously chase him out into the snow, find him there, and screams at him, and they go, "All right, you know, what? I'm just gonna light you on fire." Yeah, and that's where they figure Kick out over the, the fire. Ki- oh no, they figure out fire kills it from the dogs. That's yep. right. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, uh, and then and then I think you've got a few other sequences leading up to yeah, obviously Blair going insane, and mm. then um, he hacks up the the helicopter. Mm. And then he blows so, cause up because he, he realizes that you know if we let this thing escape, and, it'll kill and everyone. And it infects yeah. the entire world in yeah, so twenty seven thousand hours. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cut in half with a helicopter, <laughs> obviously. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking the sequel to one hundred twenty five hours. Is that is that the one? One hundred twenty seven hours. One hundred twenty seven yeah. hours. Twenty seven thousand hours. <laughs> James Franco's arm comes back as the scene. <laughs> You left me in the desert. <laughs> now I'm back. Uh, now I'm back for revenge. Isn't that just any zombie film? The zombies come back for revenge. Yep. <laughs> you got. They me. have unfinished business. That's I right. I love that line in The Walking Dead where they're like, "You left us to die. We're gonna yeah. get you." <laughs> oh man, this movie's great. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Blair goes insane, chops up all the computers and the helicopter. Uh, then they obviously sedate him, put him away, and he makes his noose and eats his beans and you know, has a good time. Builds a spaceship. <laughs> yeah, builds a spaceship as well. Yeah. One, of, one of the best destruction <laughs> scenes I've seen in a movie as well. Wilfred Brimley just going ham with an axe on a bunch of oh, like yeah. servers is great. Yeah. Oh, they probably only had one yeah. set of that, so they're just like, and go just, for your life, buddy. He just yeah. does such a good job. I've always said that if there's like one thing I'd love to do for any kind of... It, I'd love to just wreck a room. It'd be so much fun to just like go ham. You on know, a they bunch have props and break stuff. rooms, right? Not like that. <laughs> no, no, no. Th- th- that's designed to be. Zach wants to go into a room where that's it's pristine and you know it's not designed to There's be. There's no scuff marks. And he, and he, just, he, can just, he can just go ham. As, I wanna, as he said, I want to. We'll do it when you go shop. home. Just walk into your kitchen <laughs> and just go nuts. <laughs> it's not. It's not the same if it's his own house. It has to be someone else. And, oh. and, and as I'm doing it, I'll scream the thing, the thing. So, uh, Alex, I'd be I'd be worried if I were you. Is <laughs> that coming in the middle of the night with an axe? I've changed the locks. I'm all good. Uh, <laughs> that's go- that's definitely going to stop me. No, then I'm just going to get into the storage closet with the dynamite. Alex. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, I should really put that somewhere else. <laughs> um. Oh, th- this, next, this next can- big moment. Oh, I was going to say there's another theory you talked about, like a theme, because like for years people were trying to work out if there's any clues that Carpenter leaves in the movie as to who the things are. Because mm. um, I, I, I think the first like seven There's or eight times I watched ones. this movie, I completely forget who the things are. Um, I think I've recognised now who they are, but you were telling me that there was one that was quite interesting, but I don't think it's real, where Carpenter um, takes the light reflection out of people's eyes if they're infected. Um, and I was looking for it now, and I think it's pretty consistent with one of them. But the other one, he's just always got reflections. Well, in his yeah, eyes, I think so. It's, it's mostly to do with the scene with the, mm. uh, with the the blood test. Yeah, and, that, yeah. That, and that's the one, um, one with with scenes. Palmer. And oh, he's yeah. sitting there, and you can see in that entire scene, he has no light light mm. glint, and he's the he's the only one in the room at the time that is the thing that you mm. you know then find out. And I think people applied that scene and then tried to look in the film for, for the other instances. And it, it gets debunked pretty quickly because mm. you look at Norris and when he's obviously the thing, um, obviously before he, he goes and, you know, uh, that he's got glint in his eyes. So obviously it just doesn't apply. But mm. I think for that particular scene where that no glint. It's very effect, cool. It's, it's very, very cool. good. And it just really drains the humanity out of his eyes. And just right mm. before he changes, yeah. it just it helps the transition and you just know something's off. Like... If I think about it, it might be one of those things that just was like coincidence. Like maybe he sat in the right spot that he didn't have reflection. Possibly, yeah. But it might have been Carpenter going, no, how can we How can we make this a bit more ominous? All right. Because he, he is a detailed person. So maybe he did specifically put him there to, to, to remove any glint from his eyes. But it could also just be a coincidence that it happened. Mm. But it's a cool little detail, especially if you... Because as, as Alex said, it makes you want to rewatch the movie. Oh, it does. Yeah. yeah. It's real good. Like mm. you get to the end, you hear about this theory. You're yeah, like, oh, well, now I actually yeah, want to go back yeah, and look. Yeah, yeah. Intently, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, mm. it's like I always like we talked about like the ending of this movie. I always want to watch the ending specifically again because I'm like, what? Because like, it ends like you're like, what's going on? You're mm. like, you what? You're trying to look for clues in each mm. of their faces or like what they're saying, like because yeah, it's a very open ended ending. But like you're like, this is there a clue here? Like yes. is there something here? Like you talk about like switching the alcohol for gasoline. Yeah, like, so there's a there's all this stuff there that you can like. McCready swaps his alcohol out for for gasoline so when he takes the sips and then passes it to Charles and Charles sips it like it's alcohol he figures out that he's the thing because he's like well I know this is gasoline but you clearly don't because you're faking it mm. yeah. you know you're not splitting it exactly like, exactly. like he's drinking exactly. it going like oh yes mm, that tasty alcohol that tasty JB yes. I love this human alcohol <laughs> <laughs> there's the other one the other one uh, like the, the the other bigger theory is uh, the um, 
sort of uh, what, what I want to say, kind of like the uh, the fog coming from your mouth or like uh, oh yes the, yes oh the breath the yeah. breath yeah, yeah. like you know on the cold air I, yeah, I'm having another Alex <laughs> for, for context for context yes <laughs> shifty dog <laughs> oh I see so at the end it's it, you get like the two scenes of uh, Childs and Macready sitting there and you look at Macready and there's there's so much coming from his mouth like you know mm. so much of his breath that you can see um, under the cold and then when it goes to Childs. I don't know if the it might be maybe very subtle sort mm. of, um, sort of the breath that you can see, but for majority of it, there's nothing coming out of his mouth. And I think the other theory is is that because the thing doesn't breathe, it won't admit. Uh, it, admit it might look uh, like it's breathing, yeah, you but know, it's breathing not doing anything, or, yeah. or anything like mm. that. So I think that was the other theory, particularly at the very end, where you just see obviously McCready breathing quite heavily, and then just nothing coming out of Childs. And it's it's, ve- it's like heavily implied that Childs could be the thing or is the thing. Mm. So that was the other one. But I don't know if that applies to the rest of the film. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't think we looked at it too no, much. No, it's... Yeah. Who's to say? Yeah. One thing, particularly at that ending, that I really like is uh, the music then kicks oh, into yeah. gear. And uh, just one little, uh, little tie-in uh, is that... The composer for this film hates Quentin Tarantino. Well, no, 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 because <laughs> I did talk about that in the last. No. Yeah. no, no, no. He did the music for Cinema Paradiso, so yeah, which we watch on this podcast. So, a little Americans check that out if you, you know, it's really all like connected. It's all connected. Our own the dealer's DCU. choice. <laughs> <laughs> the DCU. Dealer's choice universe. Um, oh no, we've got DCC. our own Dooku. <laughs> no. <laughs> when do we sign Johnny Depp? <laughs> Um, but that score was actually nominated for a Razzie for the thing. Because it was just I can imagine because it's because it's so mm. bare bones and it's like almost not in the movie. It's mm. it's I can remember at the start, I can remember it at the end, but I can't recall where else in the movie it comes into. That's right. There's a lot of silence there. I was going to talk about like the sound in this movie is fantastic because there's so much absence. Mm. So whenever sound does come in, I just kept thinking. <clears throat> You're looking for so like you're looking for information at every point. So whenever the sound comes in, you're desperately listening to it. Like the fire well, think, at the end is awesome. Yeah, I think a lot with the film they actually um, implement a lot of that. Uh, like, sub, uh, is it subliminal sound where it's like so so low, but it it makes you feel um, like on edge, yeah, or tense. Yeah, okay. So it's actually a lot that you can't hear, but mm. it or like hear audibly, but it actually puts you on edge. So that you know, in these really tense scenes, it's building up. It's very low very suspense building. So it, there's not a lot of it being, you know, very out there or very noticeable. Um, and then, yeah, the, the ones that you remember is at the start mm. and at the end. And I think it sort of ties the whole film really nicely, just having that that really simple, like, you know, like almost like a heartbeat. Yeah, it's real good. Yeah, very much so. Um, I was just like, th- just thinking now, like there's so much of this movie that's like cold. Um, you get a couple of bonding scenes between the guys in the first maybe 20 minutes and then everything after that point everything after every conversation is just this tense trying to like interrogation between all of them Mm. or it's a standoff or it's a a lone conversation between two guys in the middle of the night you're not sure if one of them's a thing or not like uh i think you pointed out there's a scene where one of the scientists he's he's trying to work out who the things are or what to do and, and how to do it um and he sees mccready come to his doorway and he grabs like a vial of what could be acid to maybe throw it at McCready because he doesn't yeah, like know if he's coming to kill yeah. him. Like, oh, what is Because that, that one's super interesting because like there's that moment mm. but previously like before most stuff they were having a perfectly fine conversation yep. in the yes. snowplow. Yep. Like they were and then like that's a contrast as and like later on that the and time's like, passed and now we're not sure. If, yeah. And yeah, he's just not the sure. breakdown of trust and yeah. that's what yeah basically the whole bit film's built yeah. on just mm. yeah not knowing the paranoia. So like that adds to that sound thing because past that that maybe that point where the chef is playing the music to the guys. He's like, he's like, can you turn the music down? I've just been shot today, which I love. <laughs> he's just blasting some Motown. <laughs> he's pl- yeah, he's yeah. playing some music. And then past that, there's almost no joviality. There's no, no like release. There's no let up on this just constant tension. It's fantastic. It's pretty cool. Like mm. the whole like, because it's like, it's, there is an alien, but like there's this whole like thing of like, they're, they're isolated, they're away. And it's like, there's like, there is like a version of like, I can see like a film student being like a movie, they're isolated and they think they're paranoid. They don't trust anyone, but it's actually just all in their heads. But it's like that. It's I'd, hate that. Like, I'd hate that so This kind of plays with that in that like, they're isolated, <laughs> they're paranoid, but it's like, there is something real to be paranoid. It's yes. like, it's all yeah. like this whole, like they're, is- it's cool. Yeah. Like, well, like a melting pot of like mm. this cool, like idea. 
Yeah, and it almost seems like they're, they're, like before the film starts, there's already this um, mistrust, built up of tension, yeah. and yeah. mistrust because they've been like, alone all, for so long. They're all like, up with each other. McCready seems you know, to like he likes to isolate himself in his yeah, hut. He doesn't he, like to talk himself. And you can see that there are mm. definite uh, people who gravitate toward e- towards e- uh, towards each other, mm. Uh, mm. like uh, Palmer and Windows. I know mm. that you know that they're buddies because they hang out mm. quite a yeah. lot. Yeah. Um, and Palmer's yeah. a bit of an asshole to like everyone. Yeah, um, and everyone's a bit annoyed at him. Yeah, so there's all these like dynamics at play that they then just like change throughout mm. throughout and stuff mm. very much so it's very interesting and like they're all like it's kind of like you McCready isolates himself at the start and then they're all happy to turn on him later like there oh, is like yeah. he doesn't really have any like friends per se or they, like they're all happy to turn on him <laughs> very mm-hmm. very Everyone, easily just desperate to find out who who the thing is just to get rid of him yeah it's oh god it's good it's so much fun to watch each time I think I think Maybe what what added to people not liking it when it came out is this movie rewards you a lot for rewatching it, um, and yeah. every time I've rewatched it, I've liked it more. Mm. So it, it it could be one of those things that there's just so much in the background that you can notice that maybe if you watch it for the first time and you get the bare bones of it, you're like, yeah, I'm not really that impressed because, oh, okay, one of them's the thing, but I didn't really see a lot of the things that you know indicate that someone's suspicious you yeah, know what I mean? clues, yeah. yeah i feel like also like this movie was like it's, it's the 80s like the the idea of like cinema appreciation and like rewatch like, like back then it was still like the big you want the big things that wow you in the moment it, like mm. the subtle things weren't appreciate like mm. as appreciated as they are now like i feel like subtleties and the ability to rewatch something over and over again and find something new every time is much more heavily appreciated without like mm. cinema for a long time was like we want to go to the cinema we want to see something big on the oh, big silver I screen know. i think i think that's, that's more why, these like, days cuz people people don't go to the cinema as much as they did back then we get more money out of the cinema now but like people won't go to the cinema unless it's like a marvel movie or if it's something big that they know will be good like a mad max fury road or parasite everything else is kind of just like flopping but i i think the detail thing was there it's just probably way more uh in vogue now to like movies for their details like it's way more popular it's not just like you know the three guys who own the movie shop or the the small movie club that will watch movies because they like the actual art of it i think it's way more popular now to appreciate movies i think yeah morgan with the accessibility of films these days Mm. it's easy to you know for us to rewatch it you know again like Mm. we have uh for the is that we're, we're able just to you know go on netflix or wherever yeah, and just find this film just rewatch it whereas i think yeah obviously back then in the 80s where like going to the cinemas and going to the movies was a big thing mm. and you want to you know pack all this retainable information into a movie in one so that you go back and you go oh you know like this was awesome remember how they it, did this yeah. and did that and i think because it's so heavily nuanced and yeah you know very small details that that really um reward people for the you know rewatchability, or you know want to go back and, and look for these little subtle hints you know maybe back then yeah you couldn't really do that as easily i think also mm. like the like the internet plays a big part like you can go oh, and yeah. have discussions with people who are interested you in it and like they'll point something out and you're like well now i gotta go rewatch it whereas back then if like you may not have had someone to talk with it about you but you don't see anything you need to go back for whereas if someone points something out to you yeah. like i want to go rewatch that mm. now so mm. i think there's a lot of elements that kind of like that's fair. Hurt this movie in that way, mm. potentially. Which sucks. Well, it was yeah. sort of yeah, shunted to this time. Sh- sort of subculture, wasn't it? It mm. wasn't this sort of mainstream as it is now. To- but like, yeah, and it's nuts because you think about movies that, like, would you say Hereditary's mainstream? Hereditary got a lot, a lot of people did see it. Yeah, I wouldn't it was, call it mainstream though. No. But there seems to be a much bigger market for that. What was really small, like what was a, you know, substream thing now, it seems to be a much much bigger percentage of people are willing to go see those weirder movies. Well, I think what really it comes down to now, if we're going to really dive in there, is that there's very few films in the middle. So what I mean is you've got your big flashy uh, blockbuster films mm. and then you've got your what would be traditionally called your smaller indie films and there's very little in between. The studios days. aren't willing to That's make right. those smaller ones. That, that smaller sort of yeah, middle The only thing that film. I can think is in that middle ground is probably, what are they, Blumhouse? The, the horror guys that made yeah, but they're even probably then, in that but category, even then that's but they're horror, like one, so it's like yeah, you know, they're one studio that I can think of that are willing to spend only like twenty million dollars on a movie or whatever it is, or small amounts of money. Mm. Everything else is like five hundred million dollars, and we need everyone in the world to see it. Mm. So traditionally, that middle spot would be the mainstream because mm. most people would go. 
But now it's just sort of like you've got that big end of town with your big flashy, mm. you know, explosions and things. Well, it's just like streaming services. Yeah, and there's stop, that too. Stop yes. that thing, yeah, a lot more money, I guess, to throw at these things these days. So, mm. you, you know, you've got bigger budgets for what CGI effects and, you know, riders and all that sort of thing. Whereas I wish people would then, yeah. restrict the budgets more because it seems like those those movies that are really, really well made are those people people that had to like make things out of necessity they had to struggle like they they had a limited budget so they couldn't blow all their money or they had to find ways to make something believable from yeah sometimes only limitations a small amount of money make the best work because yeah. you have to work around things like even empire strikes back had problems with budget and timing and limitation um like i was just watching a whole bunch of stuff for that recently and, and a lot of like the director and the producer and shit they talk about how there are so many different things they had to make out of necessity because they had to get a certain emotional tone out of something like c-3po being in pieces and waving his arm around apparently was this huge problem for them and they had to spend a whole bunch of money on making like a robot that would make those movements but the robot fucked up so one of the special effects guys just attached a fishing line to his arm um classic mm, yeah just for chewy to tug on you know yeah. come on like do something yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but like yeah i i i just think that like the 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 norm is to just throw tons and tons of money at, at the cgi and stuff just to make something impressive, but I feel like people could make something impressive for a lot less money. Mm. If you if you put them up against the wall and you said you need to make this look good without the CGI, and then we'll throw CGI on afterwards to enhance it. Mm. I'd like to see these days of yeah someone or you know maybe a company uh, that sort of come back to those roots, like you, you know like the um, the original trilogy of Lord of the Rings, like using yeah. those more practical effects, maybe Fuck in conjunction yeah. with CGI, oh but God. returning mm. to those roots and actually trying to make something that looks realistic with those elements. I think it just adds another depth to the film it also, you know, that films these days just don't have. It's really annoying because it also seems to be just like, you need to have someone with the vision. Like the, pers- the person who made Wonder Woman definitely had a vision for what that looked like and was given creative control. Patty Jenkins. Patty Jenkins, thank you. Um, or you've got like your Tarantino's who's obviously just got a vice, like he has control and he's editor. Him and his editor are probably, I think, because I, I, I remember reading something about how his editor is always fighting him about how the edit, how the movie should be. And obviously you've got like cases like George Lucas, who was always getting fought on his vision back in the day. And that's what gave us. Until know. he got rid of them all. Yeah. <laughs> just speaking of money. Yeah. I just, I came up with it on Wikipedia. So, you know, trusted, reliable source. Uh, top 10 grossing films of 1982 to mm. sort of see where people were actually putting their money instead of the thing. Uh, you know, so I won't read the whole 10 out because we don't have that kind of time. Um, we'll just do the top three. Mm-hmm. Officer and a Gentleman in number three. Oh, I watched that recently. That movie is bad. <laughs> made a bunch of money, was very well liked at the time, is not a good movie. <laughs> Wait for it. Number two, uh, Tootsie. <laughs> I think so, I can see where this is going. <laughs> And then number one is ET. Yeah. So like, where are they? Like, so feel good. I've, I've already seen. I've already yeah. seen the alien. You know, in that film. Why would I go pay to go see another alien yeah. movie? Well, it seemed like people just wanted to have a good time, not <laughs> not be dragged into this isolation depression. Yeah, that, yeah, that might have been like the, the the mutual feeling at the time of the eighties. Like, you know, what? I don't really I feel like being scared. About I, don't, it, yeah. I don't want to feel gross. Oh, maybe we get it now. Oh, I don't know. The the big movies of the last like year, Parasite, nineteen seventeen. You've got your Marvel movies though. They're always like, the the feel goods. But yeah, I don't know. Don't know that we've changed that much. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Just because I didn't, we didn't even note on how like relevant the thing is with the current like social oh, yes. distancing stuff these days. I think I thought it was quite relevant. Like I was watching the movie and I was like, Alex, you're sitting very close to me on the couch today. <laughs> Mistrust you could be the thing. Does Alex have coronavirus? Um, <laughs> no, I am the thing though. Um, <laughs> I don't know. If it was... Imagine that. But like, I, I don't have a corona. I'm the thing, but I don't have corona. Oh, that's <laughs> oh, fine. That's oh, fine. No carry on. Carry Come on. on. <laughs> yeah, I think more relevant now that we watched it today than we did you know way back in march yeah. before this kicked off so yeah <laughs> <laughs> it, works out, it works out great Indeed. i don't know if that ruins the movie for me <laughs> just like, like i'm already i'm already living it i don't want to watch yeah, it yeah i don't want to watch it again i don't want to go back isn't to that it nice to see life reflected up on the screen <laughs> <laughs> like the idea of isolation as yeah. well it's all there yeah, yeah. isolation <laughs> mistrust of others you know it's just missing panic buying and we're yeah. all good. <laughs> and toilet paper. No, no, no. There was a lot of JB. <laughs> there was a lot of, a lot of alcohol. alcohol yeah. A lot of alcohol on that face. <laughs> well, um, 
unless anyone else has anything else to say about the movie, uh, thanks, Angus, for yeah, letting us again. watch yes, it again. Thank thank Apologies you. again for losing That's okay. the I can't wait episode. to come back and watch this again in three months because Morgan's <laughs> lost it again. <laughs> it's so it's just going to be the cursed episode. Oh, so the good. third time, the better. Um, yeah. And we'll end off with our usual, what's people been watching in the last uh, little bit? Anything? I've watched a lot of movies in the last week, so I'll go last. <laughs> Fuck, I've, I've watched... Uh, okay, I've only watched um, a show called Doom Patrol, which came out last year. Uh, I'm talking a lot about Doom Patrol. I never watched it. I won't he say too shut much. up about this. Doom I won't Patrol. say too much. I, I would say, Morgan, you'd like it a lot. Alex, I'm not sure, but I, I think it's fantastic. Um, anyone who loves like comic books and comic book TV shows and stuff, I felt this was a really, really refreshing look at superheroes, and I really, really liked Refre- it. Was it... Because for me, like I was, it came out around the same it's time the first season, different. and I chose Umbrella Academy, and I'm like, this is refreshing, and is this refreshing in a different way? Is yeah. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a unique in a lot of ways. And then there's the boys as well. If you need a refreshing take, we're all about refreshing takes these days. So much freshness. Um, I, I put this above Umbrella Academy. Like I really like Umbrella Academy. I put <laughs> refreshment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Th- this this is really good. I'd recommend you go watch it. Okay. Um, yeah. I um. I don't know. This this may be something you don't know about me, but I uh, like reality TV. No, no, I don't mind a bit of Eurovision. I've got into Eurovision in the last couple of years. I'm not going to lie. That doesn't shock me at all. Uh, okay, thanks for that, Zach. I was trying to shock you, but that's fine. But I was, watched this movie last night. Yeah, the, there's this new uh, Will Ferrell film. Will Ferrell, Rachel McAdams. Yeah, uh, about Eurovision. Did you love it? I loved it. It's it so, so good. good. It's so I Eurovision. I wasn't expecting it to be what it like when no. when. Uh, don't want to spoil when uh, Demi came back on fire <laughs> halfway through I was like this movie's amazing <laughs> and it's so Eurovision too it's like it encompasses everything Dan Euro- Stevens is the Russian guy oh my god yes it's oh mm-hmm. and Rachel Perfect. McAdams as well yes yeah, yeah. Like so Rachel Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams play Icelanders who mm-hmm. want to go to Eurovision and the little story behind it Will Smith's wife is Swedish you mean Will Oh, Will Farrell, Will sorry. Will Farrell's wife is Swedish. Not Smith. I'm sorry. I uh, make that mistake with Will Farrell all the time. <laughs> oh, yeah, because they look Will so Farrell, much alike. No, Will um, Farrell, Colin Farrell, I get them, like, I get the names wrong all, all the, the Farrells. All the Farrells. All the Farrells. His wife is Swedish, and so he was introduced to Eurovision that way. Okay. And has been wanting to make a Eurovision film for a while. A very long time. And no one oh. made one, so he's like, well, I want to make one to try and introduce... American audiences to Eurovision. Okay, I didn't know. See, that. I got the impression, I got the distinct impression that he's kind of shunning America because he was really having. having oh, a he was hanging shit on Americans. In yes, this movie. very much so. But um, I think it kind of worked out well because they did. It was meant to come out before, like with in conjunction with Eurovision. But we didn't get a Eurovision this year, That's so right. now we get this movie. So that mm-hmm. kind of worked out it all was, right. It was this nice. is the trade off, basically. <laughs> very much a Will Ferrell Eurovision movie. No, this movie was wild. <laughs> it was. It really like, there was. was a couple of moments where I'm like. Oh man, I like look at that frame wing. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's gonna happen. And then it happened. I was like, I didn't actually think that was gonna happen. <laughs> yeah. But that's like, that, did that really just explode? Oh my god! So I saw the trailer for this this morning, and and I'm, it's probably just the costumes. It reminded me a lot of Blades of Glory. Is it anything like Blades so of Glory? So I, I was mm-hmm. watching with friends last night, yeah? and I was like, there are some parallels between this and Blades of Glory. Like, yes, okay. very. Strong that's not bad. Parallels. I love. I think Blades yeah. of Glory is still like one of the best movies. Will Fer- Will Ferrell's at- Will Ferrell has yes. ever. Made. <laughs> I think. I think one Will of the Smith for I, I, this is kind of like a mini spoiler. I hope this. Doesn't, I don't know if you guys. I, one of the things I really appreciate about this movie is the fact that the and the antag. I was like waiting for the flip for the antagonist, and there mm-hmm. never was one. I'm like, these are just all like lovely, and I think that's within the spirit of Eurovision. Yeah, very much. It's so. like even the guy who you thought was a bad guy is actually quite nice. It's just a confusing situation, and it's like yeah. And I really appreciated that about that film, and it's endorsed by Eurovision. Yeah, I guarantee. I was like. I reckon this movie got funded funding from Eurovision. EBU was uh, in in consultation with the European yeah. Broadcasting because they used the whole lo- I know that they yeah. used the logo and everything. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I thought, is, is this like actually sponsored? <laughs> the the one of the executive producers is the head of Eurovision. Yeah, John Olasan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's just so confusing. Even just, my partner said to me, she said. Is this a documentary or is this <laughs> or is this a comedy? I, I don't really get it. I'm like, if Will Ferrell's in, it's, it's definitely it's a comedy. <laughs> That's amazing. That's huge. Like, I know I a lot of l- people didn't like. It. They thought it was too long and not funny. Oh, but like, that was film. The, but but I still like being someone who loves Eurovision. Mm. I had no problem with it. I love it. I I think the group I watched it with last night, where it's the Eurovision group, we effectively decided this is part of our yearly European uh, Eurovision <laughs> watch. Now we watch this with okay. the Eurovision every year. So, like. It's got the mark from Alex and Morgan. If you if you think that Alex and Morgan have bang hit your tastes, go watch this movie. For, for anyone, the, the full the name of the movie is Eurovision Song Contest: The Story of Fire Saga. Yes. Very long, yeah, but um, 
abbreviated to Fire Saga. Um, was there anything else, or did you just watch oh, no, this so movie I, again and again and again? That's right, all week. Uh, just <laughs> as soon as it came, as soon as it dropped on Netflix, I was just like, I've got to, you know. I also finished the Clone Wars, uh, Star Wars Clone Wars. Damn, did you cry? Did you, so, uh, did you cry? I did. Yeah. That was those last four episodes. Are just whew, that was. It was really good. I'm Does not it lie. lead straight into episode three? No, it, no, it, it parallels. parallel. The, the entire last season's parallel. Oh my God. I remember when they released the trailer and everyone was like, it's parallel, <laughs> and they lost their shit. Um, <laughs> Did you not see this coming? <laughs> and now you're going to jump straight over to Rebels? Or? I think I need to wait just a little bit. But uh, yeah. Did you have, have you just dropped Parasite the Maxim? Yeah, because yeah. I was watching Clone Wars this week, yeah. <laughs> I gave Alex, like, an anime to watch, and he watched, like, six episodes, yep. and he liked it. Yeah. And he's just not touched it for a couple of weeks, and I'm shocked that he got to six episodes. <laughs> I will continue. I, I will get to the end of that season, okay, I'll tell you okay. the what. Interesting. Fair um, but, yeah, no, really good quality. There was a massive drop in the middle of that season, mm. the whole... Uh... I was listening to another podcast, and they kind of, like, have this whole redemption. They, 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 like, I was a bit not a big fan of it, and they kind of sold me on it a bit more. Okay. There's like a, um, I don't, I guess it's a podcast called it. Film House, and they, they do an episode on the Clone Wars. Okay. And it kind of like spun that whole, because that story is all about Ahsoka. Yeah. And is meant to kind of like fill in, like, oh, what she did between like this and Rebels. No, I get that. I get that. Yeah. It's still like, I think had it's it been four a long, episode, it was meant long. to be a longer season. I think it may have, because it was truncated. It was like, this is, everyone, everyone wants to get to the end of this season. Yes. But yeah, it was. And rough. you could have cut the third Bit of, of the a Game f- of Thrones, just pushing it all in there. Eh? Yeah? No, nothing <laughs> like Game of Thrones, because there was a payoff, and it mattered. Okay, uh- <laughs> Angus, what have you been watching? Uh, nothing really of late. <laughs> I mean, I've been watching some slashes. He and- just said Eurovision. The fucking movie. You tap anything. <laughs> Please just give me something. <laughs> the bar is so low now. Yeah. Uh, anything would be fine. Um, some good commercials, I know, maybe. I know, I mean, yeah, you know, some reality. I've been uh, rewatching all of Ink Master, which has been oh, great. I love Ink Master. I don't know. Why, yeah, I don't know why, but the the need to see people getting really, really bad tattoos <laughs> feeds my soul. I want to start watching it's Ink Master. It's my guilty pleasure. And then I can get both of you on reality, and we can talk about Ink Master. <laughs> okay. You, yeah, you. Do you, you know what's fucking crazy on. to me? You have pulled. An insane reality TV show out of your hat. And he was just like, yeah, that's great. No, I would not a ne- hesitation. I would never get tattooed. So, like, I oh. don't like needles, but <laughs> I love like, Ink Master. Doesn't that make, doesn't that like the seeing the bad ones really have like Have you seen your every reality TV show that exists? Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> have you seen, have you what seen, what else below, does he do with these Have things? you seen Love Island? Have you seen Below Deck? No, I haven't. It's on Netflix. You'll love it. I'm okay. obsessed. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> just go. <laughs> so yeah, Zach, stop pretending Zach, he's on your side. He's on our side. Zach, no, I, I you have it. you have the star. Or you have the recommendation from Morgan, myself, and Alex. So, so you think I should watch Ink Masters yes, too? Yes, I might watch it. <laughs> it's got Dave Navarro for some reason, and it's it's really great. It's awesome. Nice. If you okay. want another one like Ink Masters, that's no, I've been watching Forged really in don't. Fire okay. where they make yep. knives, which is a great <laughs> show. Oh really? I loved <laughs> Blown Away too. That glass making one. That was really good. Anything else you've been watching? <laughs> just Ink Master. No, no further questions. Just Ink Master. Just Ink Master. Well, uh, what I slashes have like, you been watching? Yeah, what slashes? Oh, like uh, Halloween and um, classic. You know, oh, the original like, or the oh, original? Yeah, I'm I'm kind of working my way up. You know, it, it starts off strong, then you're gonna get this big slump, and then I'm, I'm then hoping, it's rebooted <laughs> and then it rebooted and then, and then you know, forgotten. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Haven't they been like six, sixteen Halloween movies? It's so something many ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, I haven't caught up, but you know, it's what I'm attempting to do. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Okay. All right, now to Morgan. <laughs> All right, I've watched a lot this week. Um, so as mentioned last night, I watched Eurovision Song Contest. Amazing. Great. Um, I rewatched. A while ago, I was watching through some Tarantino, and then I, I only ever watched Django Unchained once, and I was like, I want to rewatch it. So I watched that. That was great. Really enjoyed it. Uh, th- I, I think I lost interest a bit long towards the end there. Uh, once they killed off half the, my like my favorite actors, like Christoph Waltz and Leo, I'm like, all right. And then they, it's just kind of me. They're still good though. Yeah. Um, tick I, tick, Zach. Have you you haven't seen all of Morgan's thing yet? So tick tick. Go I've on. seen Django. Have you? We watched Django in the cinema together. No, I think we did. No. <laughs> yeah, we did. Did we? That came out when we were in high school, and we saw it together. Okay. Well, I will. I feel, I'll, I'll, I feel I'll, like we all went and saw. Yeah. That. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I retract my comment. I apologize. <laughs> you fuck. <laughs> um, I also watched recently The Guard, the 2011 movie with Brendan Gleeson and Don Cheadle. Uh, I may show it on this show or something. It's kind of like, it's uh, a friend recommended to me when I was talking to them about In Bruges. 
So really, so I think Ooh, you do like that film. I, I like I love him. I like Imbruge a lot more than I liked this, but okay. I'm I'm curious to chuck it on this this podcast at some point. Uh, I also watched uh, She's the Man because I love She's oh, the Man. I hate She's the Man oh, she's with a, a passion. <laughs> <laughs> no one cares, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, go back to Ink Masters. <laughs> and. Uh, uh, I also this week watched The King of Staten Island, uh, which is that uh, Pete Davidson comedy with Bill Burr as a main character. Al- uh, Zachary, I know you love Bill Burr. I don't. <laughs> I've said that I don't. Like, I just like him from the Mandalorian episode. I don't like his comedy. <laughs> I think he's great, but I don't like his comedy. He's also great in Breaking Bad. But uh, King <laughs> so, of Staten Island. I guess your expressions would be fantastic. <laughs> King <laughs> of Staten Island is the uh, Pete Davidson Judd Apatow movie. Okay. Yeah, I w- both Milana and I were like, we're not expecting much from this movie. Very heartfelt, very real, and like super nice movie to have this year. Like yeah, for okay. the year twenty twenty was very nice. And like, I think it, I don't know if it helps more if you know more about Pete Davidson's backstory and his father and nine eleven. I know nothing. All of that stuff. I but don't this- know that I can say who Pete Davidson is. <laughs> he's a so. he's a Saturday he dated Night Live. Ariana Grande once. He's a Saturday. That's Night- not helping. Yeah. He's- <laughs> He's most well known as a Saturday Night Live comedian. He does a lot of okay. stuff on Saturday Night Live. Okay. And he's a comedian. <laughs> and he dated Ariana Grande, which is apparently what everyone knows from. Big dick energy, all that shit. But um okay. come on, Zach, don't you know? Yeah, so it's a very that's a <laughs> <laughs> No, Alex, sorry, he can't. He can't relate with that. So that's actually that was a surprisingly uh, good movie we watched. A little long, but still surprisingly good movie okay. we watched this week. And that's it. I've been watching some. T- I've been continuing watching Narcos, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. nothing too great. Watch a lot of Below Deck. That's about it. I'll have to get on that. I'll, There's I'll... two. The two first seasons are on Netflix, and then they've got Below Deck sailing and Mediterranean Mediterranean oh. airing on Nine now at the moment. But start with uh, on Netflix and see how you go. Can you be on this more? I need someone who will. <laughs> I uh, not watch this shit. <laughs> I love that it's got spin-offs because obviously then it's successful. Yeah, yeah. It's it's for those who want to. Know. Go listen to reality. That's where it all is. That's where we talk about it. But it's a, it's about the crews on like billion dollar sailing yachts that people hire out for charters, and like it's about the rich people. And it's fun. You, you've sold me. I'm, I'm, I'm there. <laughs> My family binged it all in three days. That's every season of it. I don't know how they did it. Roger Ebert, you were right. <laughs> you were. And, uh, I see the light I now. See it. Thank you, Angus, for coming on this week. Yes, thank, thank you, you so for thank coming you so on again yeah, and cheers. repeating yourself. Appreciate it a lot. Thank you for having um, me again. <laughs> yeah, no problem. It's really fun. <laughs> also, after this, so hopefully in tandem with releasing this, we will also be releasing a video on our YouTube channel where we play the original PlayStation 2 thing video game. Oh. Uh, Angus and I used to play that a lot when we were young. So hopefully if you... when. This comes out. It'll be this comes out on Thursday. That'll come out on the Saturday following. So if you want to go check that out, uh, it'll be a fun time. I'm sure us being paranoid and shooting people that we think is the thing. I don't um, know. You're all dead. <laughs> uh, uh, if I'm playing, uh, you will all. No, die. you're not touching the controller. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, until next time. Thanks for listening. Thank you very much. This has been a Spiky Trap Radio production. For more Spiky Trap Radio content, please head to spikytrap.com.